You're listening to episode 35 of Fearless Rebel Radio. Today I interview Tegan Westra, a good friend of mine who is a body love wellness coach, EFT practitioner, and leader of the body love revolution on how she overcame bulimia and created a fulfilling life outside of food and fitness. You're definitely going to want to listen to this episode. Before we get started, I just want to remind you to head to summerinandin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to loving your body and ditching diets with 10 missions that you can complete right away, plus a whole bunch of other freebies. All right, let's get started with the show. Do you know where you are? You're in Fearless Rebel Radio, baby. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a certified nutritional practitioner, diet rebel, and food lover on a mission to help you feel hot damn fearless in your body. Fearless Rebel Radio is here to empower you to defy the standards and break the rules in order to radiate confidence, relish in your uniqueness, and live life fearlessly on your own terms. Every episode, I will help you to do this by sharing practical advice, not so PG-rated rants, and interviews with Fearless Rebel guests. Welcome to the show. Hey everyone, I am really excited about my guest here today. Uh, I have Tegan Westra on the show. Tegan is an IIN, which is the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, I believe, trained body love wellness coach and EFT practitioner. She empowers outwardly successful women who secretly struggle with the diet binge cycle to transform their relationship with food and with themselves. Whether you want to take control, create real lasting health, or simply feel more confident, Tegan will teach you how to stop waiting until you're skinny enough to live a life you love. So as you can see, why I wanted to have Tegan on the show. So welcome, Tegan. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes. And you are in, where are you in? Are you in Australia? Yeah, I'm in Australia. I live in um, Canberra and I've been uh, I've been sort of traveling back and forth to Melbourne a little bit lately, but yeah. I think you're the first Aussie guest that I've had. So oh, really? That's How funny. Exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we before we get started, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. Um, so looking back, I sort of, I guess the earliest memory I have of things not being okay with food and my body was when I was about probably five or six years old. And this is really embarrassing to admit. I don't think I've actually said that this really out loud to anyone before, but I remember being at one of my friend's house. I was like over there for a play date or something. And her mom gave us this plate of cookies. And I don't know if anybody from Australia, I don't know if you have these where you are, but they're called Scotch finger biscuits and they had chocolate on one side and we were eating the cookies. And then her and her mom went into the other room and I snuck into the kitchen and stole some cookies out of the cookie jar because I just had this overwhelming compulsion to do that. Um, And I remember feeling so ashamed and I knew it was wrong. I was only like five years old and I was like, shit, did anyone um, like catch me or did anyone see me? And then from then on, there was all throughout like my, as I was growing up, there were all of these little incidents and I could 
um, around food and I guess my mum love her she's amazing but we always I grew up in a very healthy um house mm-hmm. so you know we would have I was the only child and we would have treats here and there but she predominantly it was always really healthy food and I remember um you know being at school and all of the other kids had chips and chocolate bars and stuff like that in their lunchbox and I would have an apple and sultanas and it was so embarrassing and all I wanted was like a, you know, peanut butter sandwich on white bread and I'd have the multigrain with salami. <laughs> and yeah. I remember just feeling so ashamed around food and not wanting to eat in front of other people because they might judge me or they might tease me for being different. And mm. even know where that came from. It's just always sort of been there, I guess. It's yeah um that's so interesting I feel like I had such a similar (laughs) in terms of my upbringing it was so similar and just um yeah it was weird because like obviously you knew that your parents were doing something that was you know healthy like the intention was like to have this healthy child but for some reason it created this really weird relationship with food right yeah and I'm still sort of trying to work out if that was the link between it, you know, feeling deprived back then. And then, you know, whenever I'd have $2 to go to, you know, buy my lunch at school or something, I'd go straight to the corner store and buy the biggest bag of lollies I could and just stuff my face with them on my way home and not want to share them with anyone and quickly hide the wrappers and stuff. And, you know, I was seven and eight years old then. And I didn't really, I didn't, of course, hadn't linked that it was, I was always shameful, but I, yeah, I don't know. And I was just, um, yeah, like some kids would have a bite of something and, you know, have one or two lollies and put them back and there was no way I could do that. I would like have to eat the entire bag and then it was over and done with and then I wouldn't have to think about it. Girl, I understand you so well. (laughs) I had the same experience. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. Even when you're so young, it's just, um, yeah, it's amazing. So sorry, go on. (laughs) No, that's it. I've just sort of started thinking about this more and journaling a bit on it really only the last 12 months and I've sort of yeah it's it's been interesting just to sort of look back I guess and then um yeah it was like there was this constant rebellion going on inside of me knowing that I should be doing something and it's kind of like um as we grow up today you know wanting something and then saying, no, 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 you shouldn't have that, and then rebelling against yourself anyway and diving right in, you know. It's this, like, constant push and pull. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I guess looking back, like, I was never teased at school for being overweight, but um, my friends, I always kind of felt like the fat one in my group of friends, even though there might have been someone bigger, that didn't matter. Like, to me, I was, I was probably, like, 10 pounds heavier than the skinniest girl and then but that to me I was just like oh my god this is too much and so I'd always like you know my stomach was always too big or my thighs too fat and around so when I was 13 I remember sitting on the couch watching my favorite tv show at the time Uh, it was called Home and Away and there was a girl on there about my age and she just had a birthday and there was this chocolate cake left over and she took it back to her bedroom and she binged on it 
and before running to the bathroom and she made herself throw up and it's like a trigger went off in my mind that day and I thought if she can eat chocolate cake and be skinny and pretty then that's what I'm going to go do too so that sort of triggered my um, struggle with bulimia for the next 10 or 10 plus years and um, yeah from there it just sort of um, it took a long, it, it, it was kind of as much as I knew it was wrong, I, it kind of felt like cheating the system and winning because I could eat all of the foods that I wanted to and still throw up and like, and not gain weight. And it sounds ridiculous to say that now, but at the time, like you just have these thoughts and you just, I don't know, it's, it's bizarre to think back, um, yeah. And our thoughts and things at the time, I think, and believing what we are doing is okay and it's fine. And then when you kind of look back, you're like, oh, my goodness, I just want to wrap that girl up in, you know, and say everything's okay. You don't have to do this to be, you know. Yeah. And did yeah. you struggle secretly or did, um, like, you know, were other people aware or, you know, did you, was it something that you hid for a long time? Oh, yeah, I there was no way, like, um, I think my mum found out when I was about 17 and she was never, um, she was always very supportive and wanted me to get well, but she, I don't think she really knew how, like we grew up in a small town and there wasn't a lot of support around, I think. So I went, I remember going to see my doctor at the time and he referred me to a nutritionist and I think a psychologist and I went to the nutritionist and she started asking me, um, you know, so how can I help you and whatever? And I sort of explained to her that I'd had this bulimia for seven or eight years and I just didn't know what to do or how to stop or anything like that. And she kind of just looked at me like, you don't really have a problem. You know, all growing girls eat extra. You're growing, you're fine. Just, you know, get over it and get on your way kind of thing. And she really just shoved me off to the side like oh you don't even have a problem I was like wow so that was the last time I sought help for it and I was determined from then just to I don't know because it's something that you can kind of get away with it's not like um you know it's not you don't have obvious symptoms you can go about your day-to-day life and there's no real rock bottom I get I mean there can be but for me in my experience there wasn't really a rock bottom I could still go about my day and eat and then binge and then there was nothing really stopping me um no major event that's like god you've got to stop this so it was really easy just to continue with it and as shameful as it was like nobody knew and I would never like all of my girlfriends at school were always dieting and on these diets and I would never say anything to anyone I just pretended that I was confident in my body and that everything was fine and I'd never say that I was on a diet or like I never wanted to draw attention to myself. I think that there was anything going on beneath the surface when in actual fact I was like, holy, like, yeah, I was just so scared that anyone would ever find out. And so how did you, um, how did you come out of that? I think I sort of, I knew it was wrong and I wanted to get help and I tried to sort of um, heal myself so many times. And then it got to a point where I just 
like I just realized that if I if nobody like nobody else could help me I had to help myself and I was sort of it was all driven by the belief that if I could you know, just suffer for a long time. If I could just suffer for one more month, if I could just restrict and live off tuna and egg whites for one more month, then I'd reach my goal weight. Then I wouldn't have to throw my food up anymore and then I'd be happy and my life would finally be okay. Mm, And so I would convince myself of that time and time again and then I'd sort of try my – it was always felt like it came back to willpower and no matter how hard I tried to stop, it would only ever last a day because my willpower sucked (laughs) and and then I'd just go back to it. So in the end I sort of looked around and I was like, what else have I got going on in my life right now? Like I was wrapped up in this little food bubble. It was all about dieting and exercising and wanting to lose weight and not really getting there and I had friends but I was really kind of because, you know, we'd hang out and stuff, but I was always up in my head in terms of, oh, my God, can I go there and what am I going to eat? And it was all about food and this and that and what if they don't have the type of food that I want or what if I'm going to have to have something else and then I'm going to have to find somewhere to, like it was just this constant craziness going on in my mind and I could never, um, yeah, I would never really be like I was in front of people, but I never really felt there with them because my mind was always in a million other places when it came to food and my body kind of thing and always stressing myself out. So I kind of looked around and I thought, this is crazy. I've got nothing else to look forward to in my life except for food and getting skinny. Like it's not like what the hell am I doing? It's not a way to live. And so I committed myself to rediscovering the things outside of sort of this food bubble that I built around myself that I enjoyed instead. Like, um, yeah, I just really become disconnected from life in a lot of ways. Um, and I sort of, to reconnect, I just had to start seeking for fulfillment in other areas. You know, it's so easy to get wrapped up in that, um, 24 seven worrying about food and your body and everything like that. But, um, there's so much more to life than that. And I think once I made that realization and I really started working towards it and finding, discovering the other things in my life that built me joy, then I was able to, um, yeah, start building from there. And was it hard for you to really let go of that mindset of, okay, one more diet and then I'll figure it out. Like one more, you know, one more month of restricting and then I'll, I can be okay. Or, um, I'm just going to do this one last time. Totally. Yeah. I think looking back, the thing that I was, I was always interested in health and wellness and stuff like that. So I was always reading about it and I, it's like, the typical, you know what you should be doing, but you just can't do it. And so I think over time, the balance of me um, knowing what I should be doing, like it kind of started to balance itself out and I started taking action instead of always just reading about it and thinking about it. I was like, I started experimenting a little bit and being like, you know, if I eat these carbs today, am I really going to, is it really going to be the end of the world? Or if I start allowing these foods back into my diet that I've only ever eaten them during a binge because, you know, during the day I'd live off zero carb everything and then at night I'd have these out-of-control binges. And I think that was um, 
realizing that maybe if I started allowing myself to have a few more of the foods that I'd restrict so tightly during the day, um, and then I realized that my binges were less and less over time, and yeah, it sort of built from there. That's good. And then um, I think I read, I can't remember if this was on your website or on the profile that was on uh, Lauren Fowler's website, but I believe you said like you made this kind of promise of if I can heal myself, then I'm going to help other women to heal themselves. Yeah. So I guess when you're sort of um, going through, you know, the struggles with your body, I know for, in my experience, I just felt so alone and like as if nobody really understood what was going on you know my girlfriends were all um they would diet and stuff but I don't know I just never really I couldn't connect with them and I didn't they're like there wasn't the internet and podcasts and stuff like this that I didn't know about blogs and so I never really felt like anybody got what I was going through so I've sort of made this commitment to myself that when I figured out how to heal myself, I wanted to help other women do the same and just so that they didn't feel so alone in their struggle because it can be really lonely and a horrible place to be and you feel like nobody really gets it. And, um, yeah, so that's what inspired me to study at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And even back then I was still sort of finding my way and I think that was a real catalyst for you know that's when I started working with women and through that journey I've healed myself more as well I think it forces you to dive deeper into your own um, healing journey because you sort of pull on those things and you're able to help other women and it's yeah it's an interesting journey that's for sure yeah so now in your you know in the work that you do with women you help them to break free of the diet binge cycle and I know you mentioned one thing in your story is just that, you know, you had to kind of seek fulfillment in other areas of your life. You know, how important in, you know, kind of in your experience with working with other women, how important is that in terms of helping them to break free of that cycle? Yeah, I think it's 100% important because sort of, as I mentioned, when you're stuck in that food bubble you know, there's nothing, there's nothing fulfilling about eating, living off rice crackers and, you know, all of these plain boring foods and, you know, going to the gym and working out for as long as you do each day. And it's all about restricting and you've got to, to live a, you know, fulfilled life. It has to be, you know, a fulfilling life is about expansion. And I feel like all of this food stuff we have going on is so restrictive. So you sort of have to look the other way and, um, sort of ask yourself, you know, what does bring me joy? You can, as women, it's really easy, I feel, to become disconnected from who we are and it's about reconnecting with the things that make you happy and the things you enjoy doing and, you know, the things that you enjoyed doing even before you, if you sort of, there was a time in your life when you were okay around food, looking back and what were the things that made you happy then and going and rediscovering those things so that it sort of breaks that day-to-day pattern of, you know, being stuck in this diet binge cycle and sort of going from there. I mean, life becomes about so much more than the thrill of how many Oreos you can shove in your mouth 
before someone catches you when you've got all of these other cool things going on in your life, you know? Yeah. And I think it's like, I think it's like deeper too. Like, you know, when we get, we get caught up in sort of this day to day of our life in terms of maybe it's like looking, you know, our job or our family and, you know, we feel like we're really successful in those areas, but at the same time, we're so disconnected from, from ourself and we're lost. And I think then, you know, like food becomes this, this thing that we can sort of control and, uh, uh, you know, feel like it becomes that coping mechanism uh, in terms of trying to make us feel more connected to ourselves. But really it's this opposite reaction where, you know, what's happening is, you know, we're left unfulfilled. Definitely. Like maybe once you enjoyed exercising and it was about fun and then it shifts from being something we once did for fun with our girlfriends to something we only want to do alone because when we're alone, we'll push harder and burn more calories and, you know, and so while we used to do exercise as something fun with our girlfriends, then all of a sudden it's kind of shifts to only wanting to work out alone because we'll push harder and we'll burn more calories. And it becomes, you know, it's not about enjoyment and fun anymore. And you don't feel you convince yourself that that's the way, but, and I think a lot of these behaviors creep up really slowly. Like you come from a place of thinking that you're doing the right thing at the time. And then all of a sudden you look back and you're like, that wasn't really healthy. You know, the behaviors or the habits that I was um, doing at the time, when you think that you're doing them for a positive, like just to lose a couple of kilos or, you know, they can, that's when they start to sort of, become so much more and you know our social life can well in my experience my I was always too scared to go out and eat or um you know hang out with my friends for what I used to go out to dinner and you know enjoy myself and then when I was dieting or you know your social life dries up because you don't want to go out to dinner and have drinks with friends because you're, you might break your meal plan or you might you know eat too many carbs and so instead on a Friday night I'd stay in and like Google diets and map out meal plans for the week ahead. And like, how miserable is that? You know, when you should be going out there and enjoying yourself and um, yeah, life just becomes restrictive. And we wonder why the only thing we have to look forward to is, you know, a giant batch of gluten and dairy free paleo chocolate brownies. We whipped up feeling you know, secretly thrilled, but that somehow we'd engineered the recipe to contain fewer calories than the serve that we ate before us. Like that's what, in my experience, that those sorts of things became really exciting. And then I was like, what the hell? <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like you're like my spirit animal on, in the, in Australia. It's so true. I, I totally can relate to the same thing. It was like, I would spend, I would spend so much time, you know, like figuring out how many calories I ate and burned, like literally at least half an hour a day. And then, you know, like putting food into containers to take with me to work and, you know, getting in like two workouts and then like spending, you know, the latter part of the week figuring out what I was going to bake on the weekend so that I could eat it all <laughs> and then just like repeat. And, uh, you know, I, I laugh about it, but it's like, I mean, it really isn't funny. And it's like, I, 
you know, it's, it's something that so many women suffer from. And, and, you know, obviously in my own, in my own journey, which I talk about all the time, (laughs) but is that, you know, the, the poor body image was really at the root of so much of that. How was that similar for you? Or do you find that with um, the people that you work with? Yeah, it was definitely, I was just, tra- I always in that typical, you know, if I just lose five kilos, then it will be okay. If I just lose five kilos, then this guy will like me more. Or, you know, I just was always a few pounds or kilos too heavy for my liking. And, but even looking back, like when I was 17, I went on student exchange and lived in Italy for a year and all everybody, you know, all of typical you know they lived off pizza and pasta and everyone put on about 10 kilos and I lost weight and I was like oh my gosh this is like the first time in my life I I didn't really have a chance to obsess about food because their their way of life it's just you know actually I was just out there enjoying myself it comes back to this fulfillment like I was in another country and I was just meeting new people and loving life and without even realizing I started to lose weight and I was like oh my gosh the first time in my life I actually let go of the grip of this obsession I lost weight but then as soon as I got back to Australia and back into my old habits I piled it all back on again and I sort of but it's yeah we feel we I feel like we get trapped in this um you know need to control everything but when it's when we release that control that we really gain control back again about you know around other areas of our life like around our life in general we feel yeah yeah and it's it's interesting because I think so much of it is you know we we think we're trying to make our lives appear to be amazing you know like it's like Um, whether it's because of our identity is attached to fitness or, you know, the dieting, like it's all in this sort of quest to make ourselves appear more attractive or more, you know, uh, like, you know, incredible on the, on the outside. But in the reality is, is that like we're unfulfilled and suffering on, on the inside, you know, why, why do you think that is like, why do you think we sort of want to, you know, make, this appearance about ourselves? I think I know with my clients and things like that, they're so, they feel so influenced by the media and, you know, the media says that we should look a certain way and be a certain weight. And so even, you know, and it's around us 24 seven, it can become really hard to switch off to. And so that sort of, drives it a lot of the time but I think it can also be triggered when we're younger by certain events like if you're bullied at school or something like that and you always carry those little memories or those little you know it can be such a small thing an offhand comment that somebody said to you once and you just cling to that and that just drives that can be a huge trigger like me watching Home and Away, like one TV episode and that, like I'm not saying that I wouldn't have, I don't know, well, that's the thing, like you kind of question, like would I have, I already had a bad relationship with food but that sort of spiraled it in another direction altogether and that was just, you know, one little sort of, yeah, sends us on our way. 
Yeah, it's so crazy how like that event really triggered things for you. And I think so many of the women that I work with and, um, you know, just in my own experience, there's always one event or multiple little things over the course of our childhood that really kind of flip that switch. And then you almost want to just kind of get approval from everybody because you were put down, you know, or because you were made to feel ashamed, you then kind of go on this like quest to then feel accepted. And so then that often kind of just manifests in, in, you know, becoming obsessed with your body and changing your appearance. Yeah, absolutely. And it can, um, yeah, you kind of feel like you need to prove them wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you meant, you talked to like having the, the rebellion, the rebel inside of you. I think, um, you know, I had that same, that same rebel and it was, uh, it's, it's amazing how that like can kind of play out into, um, you know, really kind of changing that relationship with food. And it's, it's actually one of the words that I encourage my clients to take out of the, out of their vocabulary is, is should, is, is this idea that you should be doing something or you shouldn't be doing something because that's just, um, it's such a disempowering way of thinking about things. And it really, uh, creates this like messed up relationship with food. If you think you should be doing something, you, you end up rebelling when you think you should be doing something. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of a lot of my clients they feel they kind of get wrapped up in this story that they tell themselves, you know, they wake up every morning and when you're sell- telling yourself that you're the girl who can't control herself around food, who can't eat anything containing gluten or gluten or soy or dairy, who can't have carbs after seven o'clock at night, who has to work out at five days a week. You can only have X amount of calories or she'll gain weight. Like you get wrapped up in this story and those are the things that start to define you. And while they're defining you, they're stopping you from seeing yourself as anyone other than the girl who can't get her act around um, her act together when it comes to food, you know. And I think to sort of start healing yourself, you have to look outside of that and you're so much more than food and your body and the relationship that you have in that little bubble, you know. And so while you're sort of in that headspace, you'll continue to feed the beast, so to speak, because it's like what they say, you know, negative negativity breeds negativity. But if you're constantly focused on all of these things that you dislike and all of the things wrong with you, it's really hard to break free from the cycle. So I think I love something that Isabel Fox and Duke says, and she says if, um, in order to break the cycle, you have to step outside of it. And it's so true. Once you make that commitment to step outside of it and see your life as a whole instead of just what's going on, like what you're putting onto your plate, then you can, um, you know, you start to enjoy other things and slowly bit by bit. I mean, it's, it is a journey. It's you, It takes time, but bit by bit you'll start to disconnect from the entrenched behaviors that we sort of develop around ourselves and see life for more than that. Yeah. So how can women start to see or find a life that is, you know, that is more fulfilling? How do you, how did you figure that out for yourself and how do you help others? I think for me, I, I, I feel like when we been, when we, you know, um, 
shut the world out with food, so to speak, you know, where we eat emotionally and things like that. For me, I was always, I didn't, because I didn't accept who I was and because I was always trying to be someone else, I was always, um, you know, looking for external validation and stuff. And I realized that I sort of got to a point where I was like, there's nobody else that can fix me except for me. So how am I going to do that? And I started doing things like journaling and just getting my thoughts out on paper because while they were in my head, they were just driving me crazy. And I felt when I started journaling them and even with my my writing my blog and stuff like that, that's kind of been this huge therapeutic journey because it pulls all of the thoughts that you have out and gets them down. And then, then you can start to develop some clarity around them because you can see that they're not you know, you might be thinking these things, but they're not necessarily the truth and you can sort of start making a disconnect. And even something as simple as creating a Pinterest board with, you know, all of the things that you love to do that aren't related to food, you know, and aren't related to exercise. If they're the two things that are driving you right now, there's so much more to life than that. What can you sort of... um yeah, start to doing this, start doing this outside of that and, you know, make a list of the things that you've been telling yourself you'll do once you lose the weight, once you lose five kilos, what are all those things that you've been sort of putting on hold until you lose the weight and just start going out, just choose one and do it. And then when you do, you'll realize that it's really fun and it's not actually your weight that's holding you back or your body. It's just your perception of it so once you go out there and start doing these things you'll bring more joy and um, you know happiness into your life and that sort of builds and it's contagious it's like the same as when we um, start developing these bad behaviors they build on one another one or one and all of a sudden we realize that we're like shit we're in this place and we can't get out it's the same you've got to start bringing more positivity and things that you love into your life and letting the go of the things that you don't, that don't fill you up and working from there and same as relationships, you know. If you have these friends that make you feel bad about your body or, you know, if you're in a relationship that's not necessarily positive, maybe it's time to rethink those things and, you know, we can, you deserve so much more than this life where you feel trapped in a body that you hate. Yeah. And so I think, uh, it becomes so hard when you've been stuck in this for so long. And I know earlier you mentioned, you know, thinking back and to when you were a kid and, uh, the things you enjoyed then, or when you, you know, like when you were a little girl, um, you know, is it, is it about rediscovering like hobbies and things like that as well. Like it's just, it's kind of about like discovering play and fun all over again. Yeah, definitely. All of those things that you've kind of denied yourself for years or however long you've been struggling with this, um, all of those things that you've sort of put on the back burner, it's about rediscovering those and going out and doing them and, um, yeah, just one bite. You just you don't have to. It doesn't have to be all at once. Like it's a journey, but just you just have to start and know that in six months' time, if you start today, in six months' time, your life is going to be so much better than what it is right now, and it's only going to get better. 
it doesn't, once you start on this journey, I feel like, I mean, you start to sort of unearth everything that you've been missing out on for years and years and it can become contagious and you don't want to get back to that place. And so you just build upon it bit by bit and, yeah, you sort of pull yourself out of that really tough place. Yeah, I love how you said that because I think that sometimes people think they have to like radically create this new life for themselves that's going to cost a whole bunch of money and a whole bunch of time and they feel guilty and they feel like it's selfish and um, it just, it doesn't have to be that way. I think it's just starting with little daily things and sometimes these things can just take five minutes. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I have, um, you know, I have a bunch of women in um, you know, who do my rock your body program. And one of the, one of them teaches, um, twirling and hooping. And so, uh, you know, a few of the other women in the group decided to get hula hoops and start doing that for fun. And I just think it like they're having a blast. They're posting these videos of themselves like hula hooping. And, uh, it's probably something they haven't done since they were a kid. And I just think I, I'm going to get myself one now too, because I think it looks so much fun. And I just think it's stuff like that, that we deny ourselves of it because it can feel a little silly. It can feel, um, you know, like, oh, we shouldn't be doing that because it's not something on our to-do list, but it's just little things like that to kind of bring you this sense of joy and fulfillment and really connect you with, um, you know, (laughs) pleasure again. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And just like things that will, yeah, like you said, bring out your inner child and that are fun and playful. And something that uh, really helped me sort of, um, I feel like when we're trying to, a lot of stuff comes back to willpower and what we should and what we shouldn't be doing. And I I hate those words. Like I think you said as well, just ban them all together. But something that really helped was, I don't know if um, everybody's familiar with it, but EFT, it's called um, EFT or emotional freedom technique. And when we're sort of going through these struggles with our body, a lot of it, we have all of these heavy emotions and behaviors and beliefs that sort of bring us down and, we, you know, all of the stories that we tell ourselves and the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and the, um, all of that stuff. And EFT is a emotional um, healing technique and it really helps you to sort of um, break through a lot of that. And while you might have something um, like fears and doubts and things like that, And you can tap, it sounds crazy, but you tap on different areas of your body and it releases that emotion. And it's something that I, it has helped me immensely um, in my own journey. And I use it with my clients all the time. And it just, it's a really good way to support you um, in sort of overcoming some of those heavy emotions and um, things that often you can feel really stuck and EFT um, helps you get unstuck in many ways. Um, and so yeah. does it help to, um, like when you say release them, does it, does it almost like help them kind of surface and release or is it about just kind of like bringing a sense of 
peace and mindfulness to it to to let it to not let it overtake you like how does like to, I don't know if that there's a difference between those two things that I said but how does it sort of work to release the negative emotions so it's based on the idea that we have all of these energy flows that go in and out of our body like if I don't know if you're if you've tried acupuncture before it's like People describe it as acupuncture but without the needles and we have all of these energy meridians flowing through our body and it's based on the idea that when one of those energy meridians are blocked, we'll feel an emotional upset in our body somewhere, whether that's fear or anxiety or, um, you know, self-doubt, all of these things. And when the EFT works to release those, so by tapping on different energy meridians in your body, it freeze it frees the energy and then you just feel more at peace like to people a lot of people are skeptical or they're like oh that wouldn't work for me but you don't have to believe in it for it to work and you can do it anywhere and I kind of just encourage people to try it and see how it works for them it's hard to explain it but once you you can't deny the results you know even if you're the biggest skeptic in the world and you do it on something say I um it's really good for food cravings as well and that's something I work with my clients on all the time you know you could have a bag of M&Ms sitting there or whatever your favorite chocolate is sitting there in front of you and all you want to do is inhale the entire thing and by the end of a session you don't even want to pick one up and eat one like it removes that I think when it comes to food we have a huge um emotional attachment to it and it removes that emotional attachment so you can have one and just enjoy it and move on with your day. You don't have to eat the whole bag or eat as many, you know. It's that constant pull towards food that it disconnects for you and it's, it's yeah, really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I um, There was uh, – Caitlin Weeks was on um, – I can't remember the episode number. She was talking about EFT as well, and I said I really need to kind of learn more about it and try it myself. I believe – you have a guide on your website, don't you? Do you have a – Yeah, if anybody's interested in finding out more about it, I, felt, I found when I was sort of um, learning myself and – doing my study and things, there wasn't, I just wanted a really easy step-by-step guide on how to get started. So you're welcome to go to my website and I have um, a free resources page in the top menu and there I've got heaps of free stuff. You can go in and download it. Um, There's the guide in there. There's some, there's a page that links to some videos. So I guide you through exactly how to do it so that you're not kind of lost and like, Oh, what am I doing? Um, (laughs) Yeah, that will just get you started so you can get a feel for how you can apply it to different areas of your life. And the guide is sort of a step by step from A to Z how to get started with it, really. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to check it out for myself as well. If you have any questions at all, just get in touch. I love it's something that I've, especially women that um, like us that used to struggle with these types of things, and anyone out there, it's such a handy tool to have in your back pocket. You can do it anyway. You can duck it. If you're sitting there at your desk at work and all you want to do is like inhale a bag of biscuits or like something, you can just go into the toilet, do a few rounds of tapping and that intense urge to dive into whatever it is you want to eat will be gone. Like it's really, really good just for any time of the day, really. No, that's awesome. You're welcome to download that. And um, yeah, if you have any questions, just get in touch. Yeah. And so, yeah, your website's teganwestro.com, which we'll obviously 
mention again at the end and link to in the show notes. But um, do you have any daily rituals that kind of keep you grounded and sane? So, I mean, EFT maybe is one of them. Anything else that you sort of do daily? Um, I think EFT is a big one, but I, as much as um, I was kind of thinking about this the other day and a lot of people, you know, meditate and, and do all of these things. But for me, I think it comes back down to what I eat. And if I know that if I'm eating a well-balanced whole foods diet um, and I, you know, have, if I feel like chocolate, I have chocolate. If I feel like, you know, if there's cake at work or in the office or something, I'll have it and just enjoy it and move on and be okay. Whereas before it was always so much about restriction. Now I just allow myself to have whatever I want in, you know, and move on. And so it comes back to food and making sure I get, you know, lots of veggies. Cause I know when I eat well, I feel well, my mood is positive. I have lots of energy. And so there's a bazillion sort of things that you can do, but I think, um, yeah, balanced diet is really important for me anyway. That's good. And so as we wrap things up here, the last question that I like to ask all my guests is what is the most fearless thing that you have done? Oh, that's a good one. Um, fearless thing I've ever done. I would probably say thinking back, I was a really shy kid and, but there was always this really determined part of me. My mom, I'm, if you're into star signs, I'm a Taurian and I'm really stubborn. And I like, once I get my mind set on something, I'm like, that's it. And being an only child and we grew up in a small town and I was like, mom, send me to boarding school. And she's like, you're my only girl. I'm not sending you to boarding school. And so anyway, that ended in me traveling overseas for a year when I was 17. And um, yeah, that was an amazing experience. And I really look back on that with so many happy memories and um it was a really a catalyst for me to you know find myself in a lot of ways I think instead of running from myself all the time so yeah very cool I love it and so where can people find you so uh, my website is teganwestra.com and I uh, I'm on Instagram I am as body love revolution um, I'm on Pinterest as Tegan Westra. Everything's on my website anyway. If you just go to teganwestra.com, I've got Facebook at Body Love Revolution. Um, and yeah, all of the links are there. I'd love to connect with you. <laughs> yeah. And so you have a free seven day e-course, right? What's that about? I do. It's called Ditch Diets for Good and Make Peace with Your Body. And it's uh it's free and you're welcome to download it and it goes for seven days and it just takes you through all of the kind of all of the things that I did to start disconnecting from the diet cycle and the diet binge cycle and um really getting back in touch with who you are because I think once you get back in touch with who you are then your journey sort of begins from there instead of always running from yourself through food or shutting yourself out you have to reconnect and that sort of takes you on that journey and it gets you away from diets and restriction which is really important I think some of that's your you know we all agree on one thing and that's that diets are no good for anybody so yes yes I love it well 
Thank you so much for all your time and sharing your story and um, all the advice with everybody. And I, you know, like I said, I'll link to all this stuff in the show notes, including, you know, the EFT guide, because I think that that's really cool. And um, I need to check that out myself for real. <laughs> Instead of just saying I'm going to do it. And um, <laughs> and also to follow, you know, your, your website's beautiful, by the way. I really love the, lay- the layout of it and um, all the different articles that you write and everything as well. And I follow you on social media and your Instagram's always really good too. So um, definitely ch- check out Tegan there. And thank you again so much. Thank you for having me. It was fun. <laughs> awesome. Rock on. If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes and leave me a review. I would be so grateful if you took two minutes to do that for me. And don't forget to head to summerinandin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rocking your bod. Until next time, rock on.